From WKYT Podcast, this is Uniquely Kentucky. I'm your host, Amber Philpotts. Hello, podcast listeners. We are rolling right through January and this new year. My guest this week is someone who can say that they got to really ring in the new year right with a huge 37-30 win in the Belk Bowl. He's been a leader on the field and off for the UK football team. He wore number 56, and he is the pride of the 606 in Eastern Kentucky. Cash Daniel has been a fan favorite and someone that the fans, including my Myself, are really going to miss this next season. Football at UK might be over, but Cash just announced that he's going to be playing in the Tropical Bowl. It's an all-star game set to take place next week, I believe. By the time this airs, Cash will have already played, but it's still an honor nonetheless. Cash Daniel, welcome to Uniquely Kentucky. Well, thank you for having me. Are you still coming off this win? What's it like? Uh, you know, the win itself was great, and uh, but you know, I'm a guy that you know looks forward to things and not dwell or live in the present. Uh, it was nice and, uh, you know, we worked our tails off to get there and it was more of the journey rather than, uh, you know, the win, but you know, the win was really just the icing on the cake. But, uh, you know, now I'm, you know, like you said, getting ready to play in this game this weekend. Uh, so I've had to get focused on that, getting focused on getting my body back in shape, getting it back healthy, uh, and started training with coach Ed and coach Hill, uh, on Monday, you know, to get preparing for hopefully the NFL combine and, and my pro day coming up here in the spring. We should tell folks that when he walked in, he has the biggest jug of water that I've so, ever seen, which I'm sure is part of the regiment right now, right? Yeah, it's, uh, you gotta Goes stay, everywhere with gotta you. Gotta stay hydrated. <laughs> gotta stay hydrated. That's why I keep, keep track of it. Talk to me about uh, getting the chance to play in this upcoming game, because this is um, a real chance for folks to get a little extra eyes on you, looking ahead to uh, the combine, as you said, and um, pro day. Uh, you know, I'm very fortunate, you know, to be playing this game. Um, you know, I think it was two or three years ago they first started this game. A lot of people know that uh, the Reese Senior Bowl and the NFLPA Bowl those are the two biggest bowls you can go to. Um, you know, but I'm very thankful, you know, to be playing in this, in this game to where uh, I have one more chance, you know, to show off my talents in front of these scouts and, you know, and, uh, you know, and make a, make a name for myself, you know, in their eyes. So I'm very fortunate for it. You want to go back to the Belk Bowl, um, watching you on the field and our footage and literally seeing the emotion on your face after that win. It was like the highest of highs, it seemed like, and the lowest of lows because I saw the emotion in your face of this is it. This is really the last time I'm going to take off this uniform for the blue and white. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was an emotional roller coaster, if you can put it that way. But it's just all the memories that, I, that I've had here and all the great times that I've had and even the bad times, you know, that that made me stronger as a person uh, and as an athlete and all the hard work we put into it and, and the bond that I've built with my brothers and my teammates and my coaches, uh, you know, it, it all just rushed in at once saying, man, you know, that that's over with. It's the last time, like you said, I'll be taking uh, this blue and white off. But, you know, for me, it was just such a – an amount of pride that I had that, you know, that I'm from here, I'm from the state of Kentucky. And, uh, and I tried to represent it as best as I can and, and uh, as well as I could. And just to show, uh, you know, no matter where you come from, you know, in, in, in Kentucky or any small town, you know, across the nation that if you have a dream and if you work for it, you know, anything's possible. So that was all my emotions from, you know, just thinking back on, all the work I had to do just to even get an offer, uh, not even from Kentucky, just just to get a scholarship offer from even a smaller grade school. Um, you know, the games that I played in high school, uh, the camps that I went to in high school, just the, the traveling, the sacrifices my dad made for me, 
uh, and my whole family, um, you know, and, uh, and it was one thing too, that I, I really wish my granddad was there to see it. So that was another reason too. And I'm, and I always write something on my tape or, uh, and this, for this, this being my last college game, I wrote it on my cleats and, uh, I wrote something for him on there. So, and I had eight tackles and, uh, defensive player of the game or whatnot. So, uh, you lost him like, earlier this year, didn't you? Yeah, I yeah. lost him uh, in October. So the rest of those games that I played were always for him. And uh, I just really hope I made him proud. I'm sure he was watching for sure. You came in, Cash, as uh, Kentucky's Mr. Football. You were Gatorade Player of the Year. Over your time at UK, what have you learned about yourself sort of through the football process and, and school and just representing UK? Uh, these four years, I tell us to people all the time that these four years not only developed me as an athlete on this elite level, but um, I became my own man. I became my own person, learning how to deal with situations on my own, learning how to you know, live alone and be self-sufficient of myself. And I've always been a self-sufficient person. I've never had to really be dependent on anybody, but uh, just knowing that you know, you're there by yourself. You know, you, you can call up mom and dad if you want to, but, you know, more than likely they're going to tell you to figure it out. And that's what my dad always tells me. So, um, and being here and being with the guys that I was surrounded by uh, really shaped me culturally. You know, I got to meet so many guys from so many different corners of the world that come from so many different backgrounds. And, uh, you know, to see the good, the bad, and the ugly of every situation and learning more, you know, about my teammates, not just, you know, what number they are, or what position they play, and who their favorite rapper is, or whoever their favorite country singer is, or something like that. Just, you know, know the actual person, know their mom's name, you know, know their sister's name, what high school they came from, uh, you know, what's their middle name. Maybe they don't may, may not like to say. I know some of my teammates <laughs> don't really like to disclose that, but, um, and it's just the overall, you know bond that I've built with so many people over these years, not just my teammates and coaches, but my professors and, you know, other classmates that aren't football players, um, you know, all of my administrators, Mitch Barnhart, you know, President Capilouto, uh, you know, anybody that, you know, that's came across my path, you know, was in these four years, I've uh, tried to make an emphasis to create a relationship with them. That's huge cash because that goes a long way later on in life, Absolutely. recognizing that now. Um this season ended up, I mean, tremendous. What a way to go out, certainly just the way the season ended and with the, the bowl game. But um, you have said that you wish personally it would have gone a little bit better for yourself. Yeah. What do you What do you mean by that? I mean, there was just, you know, a lot of things where um, I was in a dark, dark place. Um, probably more than half this year just because of everything, just like a domino effect of one thing coming right after another. It could never seem like I was catching a, I could catch a break. And, um, you know, I even question at times if, if I even wanted to do this anymore. I even question at times if, you know, this, this is it. I'm in my head and, you know, I, I, I was saying, you know, maybe this is it. Maybe this is, you know, God saying, you know, this is, this is your time. Hang it up with, you know, two concussions in three weeks and dealing with, uh, personal stuff and family, you know, stuff and things like that. It was just like a whirlwind of negativity and whirlwind of, um, you know, stuff that just brought me down and, and it took away that, 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 and that, that strategic focus that I had, mm -hmm. uh, at times. And, 
it affected my, I, I, like I went back through it the other day and I was looking at my, my notebook from my junior season and I was looking to my notebook through my senior season and just the, the attention to detail and how many notes I was taking, um, it was just black and white difference. And I've always considered myself to be a mentally tough person. Um, but when you have, um, when you have a lot of things go, you know, not your way, uh, it can mess with you, especially with dealing with, you know, two brain injuries, uh, in such a short amount of time. And, you know, it affect me and, yeah. and I would have, and I, if I could go back and this person now could talk to that person, you know, me say, Hey man, I know, you know, stuff's rough right now, but you know, you have an opportunity that you've worked your tail off for your entire life. And I lost sight of that. I lost sight of why I even do this in the first place. Can I say, Cash, that I think that's huge of you to say because I think that there are so many fans that love to just jump on the negative. They love to jump on when you guys Negative's are... cool. I, that, you're right, it is. But they love to jump on you and they don't know those things. So I just want to say kudos to you for saying that because sometimes fans and, and we as fans forget that you're going through a lot and you are a young man, but you... Um, you, you could be mentally tough, but I think it's it's important for you to say that it's not always easy, you know? No, I mean, and I and I knew, you know, when I signed up for this, I knew what the uh, what the price and what the consequences yeah. were of this game at this level. Um, and I'm, I never prided myself on being a great player. I never once told anybody that I'm a good player at all. Uh, personally, I'm always going to tell myself that just for my self-confidence when I go out there on the field. But, you know, my granddad always told me that if, if it takes yourself to be able to tell people how great you are, you know, then something's wrong. It should be the other way around. And, you know, take it with a, you know, a humble smile and say thank you and move on about your day. And, um, you know, that's one of the many lessons he taught me in life. And uh, But just when dealing with that, um, you know, it's it's a lot. Sure. And my dad always told me that he was a former college mm -hmm. athlete. He played baseball and basketball at ETSU. And he told me it's the hardest thing you're ever going to do in your young life to this point. But if you can survive it and if you can, you know, thrive in it, you can take on anything in the world. And just with being a, a student athlete, with dealing with school and then dealing with football and lifting, uh, training table, uh, getting extra treatment, extra film, extra this and that, and then add on personal stuff too, you know, it's a lot to take in and if you can persevere through that then you know my dad was right you know you can take on anything but now i've found i've refound my you know my mojo if you could yeah. say i've i've found my um my happiness again and it's almost seems like i'm i'm at peace you know with things and going about my day with a clear head and waking up and thanking god every day for you know just waking me up and just because it could be a hell of a lot worse. That's what I always tell myself. Just <laughs> yeah, things think it, it could, could. Be, a, be a hell of a lot worse. So, you know, that's how I've been dealing with that. Good deal. Is that where um, sort of working through all this stuff and coming to the end of the season and quote unquote now what people are calling it the apology, if you will, for mm -hmm. what happened earlier in the season with um, the Florida player? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just took that opportunity to use uh, a national audience to use my apology and to say that I was mm -hmm. truly sorry. You see a lot of athletes on today just, you know, say something on Twitter, uh, 
you know, or something small like that. But I wanted to, you know, just show the whole nation and in the whole world that whoever might have been watching, uh, you know, that I was sorry. And uh, I didn't get to explain all of it, but I reached out to Mitch Barnhart and uh, I had him do me a favor and get a hold of Scott Strickland down there at Florida, who has painful ties, by the mm -hmm. way, and uh, to find me Kyle's number. And so we did, and uh, and so my plan was to call him right off the bat, but I didn't want him to, you know, just call it and say, there's a number from Kentucky, click, probably some <laughs> stupid fan or something. But I also didn't want to get on there and say, hey, Kyle, this is Cash Daniel, he just clicked, and then I never get a chance to apologize. But So I sent him a text, not like an apology text, but me saying that I wanted to apologize to him, you know, with a phone call or FaceTime, you know, or something like that. Um. And the reason why, and people ask me this, and they're saying this all the time, you know, well, well, you lied about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I did. I didn't know that there was another side of the footage out there. I just thought that the aerial footage, you know, that I could get away with it. And at the time, you know, when I did it, when you play this game like I do, and you play it with such ferocity and um, how it's meant to be played in my eyes and how I was taught to play, Sometimes, you know, emotions run high, and I'm not going to sit here and make any excuse. And I wasn't really – I just went blank almost, really, because I was mad at the fact that we were up 14 nothing, and they're driving down on us. A backup quarterback comes in, and it's just like, oh, you know, another Kentucky loss type stuff. And I didn't want that to be on my burden, on my defense, on something I've taken so much pride in in the summer, getting everything organized with guys – uh, into fall camp and everything. And so when that happened and I just blacked out and, you know, and it overtook me and, you know, it was a stupid, stupid decision that I instantly regretted. But at the same time, when they asked me about it, when I didn't know about the other footage, I was willing to take personal heat and still play next week instead of saying, yeah, I did it. And then I get suspended for a week. Yeah. I mean, people can take that how it is, but yeah, it was it was it the wrong thing to do? Absolutely, I should have apologized right after the game, yeah. right after you know when I got interviewed about it, and you know it probably would have been over with at that point, and I probably wouldn't have had you know the season that I had. But you know, I went a different route with it, and I just wanted to be out there playing with my team at the end of the day. So. Um, that's ultimately, you know, why I said what I said about it. But, you know, I reached out to Kyle and, you know, and he's he reached back out to me and, you know, basically accepted my apologies and there was no reason to call that, you know, that he understands the emotions yeah. run high that, you know, and saw that sorts of stuff. But, you know, at the same time, you know, I felt good about, you know, knowing that, you know, I did the right thing ultimately. It's part of growing up, right? Yeah, Learning. ultimately. Yeah. yeah. And then I just wanted to use that, that stage and, and that platform, you know, to make that apology, you know, to the national public, I guess. Sure. Uh, I jokingly said this, but I do believe it's true that you are the pride of the 606. Um, <laughs> Not even close. Some of the pride of the 606. Small corner. Well, you are a small corner. I remember, I guess it was in 2018 when they did the... Um, the ticket sales back home mm -hmm. and people could show up and just pay with cash to get their tickets. And I remember thinking, I mean, the lines were incredible. And I, I always thought, what did you think about that going back and thinking like, wow, 
This was, means a lot to me. Or, you know, I hope it did. I was, I was, it did mean a lot to me. And I was very proud. It's another reason why I'm proud of where I come from, you know, and uh, just to see people literally in lines at their Walmarts, you know, or wherever they were selling them. And uh, ended up selling, I can't remember how many it was. It was a couple. Uh, it was a bunch. A I couple that. thousand. Yeah. I know. And, uh, it was just, it was just awesome to see just because, you know, I've always told people about the support that people back home in Eastern Kentucky have, uh, not just UK basketball, but for UK mm-hmm. athletics as a whole. Um, and the way that they care about one of their own and to see how many people showed up and bought those tickets to actually now for people to see, instead of hearing me talk about it, you know, of how prideful, uh, people from Eastern Kentucky are about UK athletics. They get to actually see it and see the lines and see, you know, people taking off work, mm-hmm. coming to see this kids, you know, kids coming out there, you know, throwing footballs around, you know, as their parents are waiting in line and things like that and help and creating memories, you know, for those people, you know, because I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. Absolutely. It's, it's a lot, you know, for people to be able to afford to drive two hours up the mountain parkway and, uh, you know, and spend some, you know, 50 to a hundred some dollars, even more, you know, on a ticket, you know, to come and watch a game and things like that. So, and then travel back and then food and then stuff like that. So I completely understand mm-hmm. how hard it is for people. So when, uh, when the athletic department came to me about the idea, I immediately hopped on and said, absolutely. Just because I know the struggles back home yeah. and I know that times are tough everywhere. And if there's anything that I could do while I was at UK to help people get there, you know, then by all means. And, you know, we took full advantage of it. So that was really a really proud moment for me of, you know, to to know that people back home love and care about me and also UK athletics as a whole. I remember before the season started, we were tailgating and there was a couple buses from Eastern Kentucky, different counties. And I thought, Lord, they're bussing people in for cash. They're just coming in by the, <laughs> the bus load for you. And yep. it was, it was good to see. Um, talk to me about leadership because you, you do have a strong presence about you. Where did, where did your sense of leadership come from? Did you learn that from somebody? Was it ingrained in you? It's, it's, uh, it's a cook. It's a crock pot, you know, of, of things. Uh, mainly, once again, my grandfather. Um, you could literally make a movie about my granddad, man. He was didn't have a high school education, and it, just his story itself was really taught me about leadership. And then once I saw him work with his coworkers when he was our county judge back in Johnson mm-hmm. County, and how respected he was, you know, from higher up positions such as, uh, you know, senators, you know, house speakers. Uh, governors, you know, things like that. Um, you know, he didn't have a high school education and he went to, uh, he went to work at one of the lowest positions at Kentucky, West Virginia gas. A couple years later, he's the president of the company and then takes that company to, you know, new high marks that that company's never been before. Ultimately when they sell out, um, many years later, he was, uh, always in, always involved in some sort of leadership. He was the president of, you know, the Paintsville Little League. And to this day, everybody still comes up to me and says that's when that was like the prime time of Little League was when my granddad ran it because I always made sure the base pass were cleared, uh, you know, the home plate was dusted off all the time, things like that. And my dad and my uncle can attest to that because they had to work for him. And uh, <laughs> I've heard many, many stories about that. Um, so, and also from my dad, um, my dad is, uh, he's a warrior in, in a lot of aspects. And 
and taught me how to be tough, taught me how to be um, a man in all situations. And then uh, Coach Runyon from back home, legendary high school basketball coach, that guy taught me how to take a uh, how to take a butt chewing really, and uh, he taught me how to be tough and how to play tough. And he was even my high school football coach my freshman year, which is probably one of the most miserable years of my life too. Because, <laughs> but uh, and just playing for guys like that, and then listening to people like Ray Lewis when I was growing up. Ray Lewis was a a big big thing of inspiration for me as a leader, and also Brian Dawkins from the Philadelphia Eagles, just the way that they played, just intense all the time, flying around from sideline to sideline, just everything that was meant to be played about football is how they played it. You know, to whistle to whistle, pads popping, you know, always talking. And people nowadays really just – see football as a gentleman's sport which i don't get no yeah i don't yeah i don't i don't get it but back to you know not to get off track but <laughs> it's just people that that i've looked up to in my life from my family from my friends uh to people that you know hopefully i get to meet one day mm-hmm. that i can take little bits and pieces from each corner and put them on together and make my own way of leadership and um when I'm as as I'm done here, just as when you ask my teammates about me, just two things that I hope that they say was one that I was a leader, and two that you know that I was a really good teammate because that's all I've really cared about. You know, when yeah. I talk about my brothers, that's part of the family. I know you talked a lot about that when you came in, and you wanted to be a part of a family. You want to be a part of a team, but you want to be part of a family as well. If I said to you, uh, Lynn Bowden, what do you say? Versatile, very versatile. He's like a Swiss Army knife, and the kid can do anything. <laughs> I love it. If I say Josh Pascal, warrior, he's that. That guy's a warrior, man. He's he's been through so much in such a was supposed to be the greatest time of his life, and I could sit here and tweet. This whole podcast could be about Josh. We allowed it to, but just for people listening, if you want to know a couple things about Josh Pascal, is that one, he is a warrior, and what that means is is that never quits cards were always flipped on him could have easily had a bad attitude about it but shows i never saw the guy once not have a smile on his face and that smile is infectious that's, right that's, it brightens a whole room yeah. up, man if so, i say coach schlarman another warrior just another one and, and i use the term warrior when i say warrior that's not i'm not using that for everybody that you throw out at me when when i say warrior you know, that's somebody that's been through it, that's walked through hell and back. And, you know, it's, and uh, somebody told me walk through hell with a squirt gun and came out on the other side. <laughs> that's what Coach Slarman is. And he's uh, yeah. what he's been able to do for us. And um, just I could I can sit here and talk about these guys all day. Right. Just straight up warriors going to get chemo, never missing practice, flying back and forth, always at our games always having a smile on his face and always putting things in perspective and hearing from the offensive line talk about talk to me about their meetings and sometimes don't even talk about football. They talk about life, you know, and talk about how to be a man in certain, in certain situations. And that's what builds a team is when everybody is on the same page, not only about football, but life itself. Sure. So those guys are definitely 
you know, Warriors, you know, in my book. Who's your, over your uh, time playing, would you say, has become your uh, ride or die in terms of friendship with guys? There's a lot of them, man, and, and I really don't like to, you know, pick out a couple. That's, just, that's probably fair. I shouldn't ask yeah, you to pick out. Yeah, because I would right. ride or die, you know, for all my brothers. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just uh, it's an infectious bond that unless unless you're a part of it, you might have the idea of it. You hear people talk about it all the time. And when people talk about it, certain people, when they talk, you could f- sort of feel it. But at the same time, you have to literally experience it to be able to fully understand what that bond means and what the term literally ride or die means mm-hmm. is when you're in there at 5 a.m. when you could easily be asleep and you're in there with your brothers sweating, throwing up. Coach Ed keeps blowing whistles. <laughs> you know, it's 110 degrees in that indoor. We're going from station to station, no breaks. You see guys falling down. You see guys throwing up everywhere. You see guys crying. It's 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 hell almost. And I will say this, since my freshman year, Coach Ed is – He's lightened up a little bit on that <laughs> just because of how how scientific our strength conditioning right. program is. Um, but And then going from that to the weight room, you know, to always having to push your brother to get bigger, faster, stronger, and just going there with a purpose. And then obviously to the practice field, you know, where, you know, you're hitting your own brother and you don't want to do it, mm-hmm. but you have to. And you make each other better. And sometimes, you know, brothers fight. But at the end of the day, we hug it out. And that's how it is. But it's just the just the, every, just the, the butt chewings you go through with the guys, <laughs> the traveling, you know, the hotels, mm-hmm. the planes, just the stories that you could tell, the, the going out after a game, the not going out after the game for in my, in my aspect because I don't go out. But, yeah. Um, you could write a book, right? Yeah, I could literally sit here and write a book about all the great times and the and what it means to literally have a bond with you know your teammate yeah. on a football field. If football, I mean, I know you're going to make it, but if you didn't, let's say, am I going to see you one day turn up in the WWE? I mean, you might. I mean, that's that's always a possibility because <laughs> okay. you never you never want to keep any doors closed. And um, what about a professional bass fisher? Now that right there, fisherman. Fisherman, sorry, there you yes. Go. Thank you for I've, had, I've, had to, I've had to correct a lot. No, of I need that. it. I don't know anything about it. So. <laughs> it's all good. But um, but I'm actually going to. Uh, I'll be at Raw this Monday coming up. Um, my buddy Carl. I Anderson wondered and, and if you would be there. Yeah, and Luke Gallows hooked me up with some tickets. So can't wait to go see the OC and my brothers do some work there. But yeah, I mean, if uh, you know, if football don't work out, I mean, who knows? I mean, I'm starting a YouTube series. You know, mm-hmm. with this thing, I'm liking to. I'm wanting to get a th- not like a path to the draft type thing, but like a just an everyday glimpse of my life. You know what I go through uh, with in circumstances of training and uh, recovery, my diet, and then obviously you know we'll go hunt and fish some too. But, Does Cash Daniel have a honey hole that he loves? Yeah, I do, but can't I can't tell. Him? I can't tell anybody. I, figured. I can't tell anybody. I, I did. I did see that you talked about the YouTube channel. When do you hope to have that up and going? Because I think people I have. Really... I, I, I have two videos right okay. now. I have one with just me out fishing at a pond, and then. One with uh, more of like a behind-the-scenes uh, perspective with when Tim Tebow and SEC Nation came out, and I went out and did a, you know, a feature with them. And so. you schooled him at fishing, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, basically. Well, I mean, none of us really caught anything. I mean, it was literally all out there for the feature. I was thinking we were going to actually go out there and fish. No, 
but no. Not in just, TV terms, no, not, no. no. Just for the effect. Yeah. Gosh, in all seriousness, what would you like to do? Like, what would be your ultimate, you know, now that you've you played, you've got your college education, you do have the NFL on the horizon, what would you love to do? One, I like to host a podcast. I think awesome. that, that'd be pretty cool. Um, one thing I'd like to do is uh, I've pitched this idea uh, to SEC Network and also my friends out at Barstool um, is I want to cross the worlds between the athletic world, the outdoor world, the the fighting world in MMA, the music world, but just of everybody that I've been able to uh, be connected with and make a make a bond with and put it all in together. And what I mean by that is, is that if I was with SEC Network, let's per se, we call it SEC Outdoors. Mm-hmm. Be the first ever outdoor show on SEC Network. And for, and being in the South, Rednecks would eat that up. I know I would. <laughs> but it's just is where I would go or me and Marty Smith, you know, or whoever. Oh, would go, you'd be perfect with Marty. <laughs> and we would go around the SEC uh, to every school. And depending on what uh, time of year their off season is, not just do football, not just do basketball, but do every sport and anybody – you know, that enjoys the outdoors who, or even wants to get introduced to the outdoors. Because I believe that no matter who you are as a player, you could be the biggest name player in the world. And the guy could have the, the ego, the size of this room. When you get somebody out on the water, you're getting somebody out in a blind and you're out there in the woods and you're out there just by yourself. And there's no hoopla. There's no Twitter. There's no this, there's no that you literally become yourself. And that allows people back home that are watching that to see the real side of the athlete and not what just they see on the field or on the court mm-hmm. or just the jersey that they have you know, on their back. They get to see the actual person, uh, you know, enjoy something that that I have taken as a way of, uh, of peace for me. It's a way of, um, you know, almost like survival because if times come tough, I know what to do. <laughs> uh, and I love, I love to cook, you know, wild game, deer, sure. deer and elk and, uh, you know, all types of venison, you know, are really – really one of the healthiest proteins you could eat so and i'm not just a hunter just a hunt you know what i what i hunt you know yeah. i kill or what i kill you know i eat yeah so and just to be able to introduce people to that um you know could could really help out a lot of people you know that may be going through something or when they have tough days that they don't need to go to a doctor they don't need to go get more pills they don't need to do this or you know grab a, a bottle of booze yeah. you know things like that they can just take an hour an hour and a half two hours and go out and fish in a creek fish a pond fish a lake hunt with your buddies hunt by yourself take a hike up on a mountain you know do something you know that you're proactive because i was listening to joe rogan talk you know listen to him a lot mm-hmm. and the brain is meant to stay active and stay working yep. but and then when you sit down and you're not doing nothing oh hello, depression, hello, this, you know, it all comes back and you get all those negative thoughts and it ultimately becomes... It has time to wander. Yeah, and and if you think too much, that's why people say all the time, like, you know, I can't sleep at night because I think too much. Well, imagine if you were doing that all day, every day, sitting on your couch, not doing anything. You know, and that that gives people a way of, you know, relief, you know, in life. So um, that's one thing that I would like to do is just to be able to cross those worlds and and not just with the SEC Outdoors, but just with in my personal YouTube channel. Like, yeah. uh, I was supposed to work out with Chris Kale, you know, from Five Finger Death Punch. And I'm a big heavy metal fan, uh, I'm a big music fan of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can see here I got my Leonard Skinner Freebird t shirt on. <laughs> but, um, and just it wouldn't be like a sit down QA thing, and just me and him, you know, in there, you know, grinding it out. And then in between sets or something, just saying, 
you know, so how did you get into heavy metal? You know, what was your this and that? And just it's another way for people to see the other side of yeah. a lot of people and then can take anybody hunting or they could come work out with me, you know, or, you know, we could cook some up in the kitchen because I like to cook, you know, or do anything like that. So it's just a way for me to use. I mean, I got all these stupid. I mean, I, I got all these Instagram and Twitter followers, and I got that. You should stupid, utilize them. That's what I'm saying. I might yeah. as well just use it. Just Cash not, Daniel TV. Yeah, but not a not a way where I'm glor- where I'm glorifying yeah. myself because well, I never. You love. I've never been about that. I've never been about glorifying myself or you know saying I'm more than I am. But it's just a way that I'm using this platform to get out to people to see other sides of humans, you know, that, you know, that they don't see a lot of times. I think it's great. Last thing to you, if you could say anything um, to those fans that have just supported you year in and year out, what do you say to them? I just thank you, you know, from the bottom of my heart for real. Um, I've not been perfect and I know that, you know, times have been tough sometimes, you know, to be even able to root for me. Um, But, I really do appreciate the love from when I was getting recruited. uh, That was one of the big decisions that – one of the big aspects to make this decision to come here, uh, you know, was the fan love that I got. And uh, just knowing that the Kentucky people really do take care of their own. And so just I can never thank the fans enough from no matter what time of day it is where I'm at, you know, you're always free, you know, to come up and talk to me. I'm – not one of those people that's going to shy you away or, or anything like that. You know, I'm a human being too. You know, I'm a person. You know, I just, I just have a jersey and a, uh, and a platform. <laughs> that's a first. The phone yeah. ringing. That's not one of us, right? Yeah. That's not me or Cash. Cash, I appreciate you, uh, and it's one of the reasons why. Kind of what you were just talking about, what you want to do. I love being able to get an insight. Normally, from you, we get sound bites here and there. Yeah. So it's nice to sit down and just hear from you. And uh, I appreciate it. I know a lot of people are going to just appreciate just listening to you and just um, taking the guy away from football and just figuring out who Cash Daniel is. So. Well, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity. Thank it's been you. a pleasure. Good luck as you, you go towards the NFL, and we'll be uh, everybody back home will be cheering for you. Thanks, Thank man. You. Thank you.